This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's been a non-stop week for City, but will anyone ever be satisfied. City win in West London and Savio is through the door, but what comes next? Rumours of discontent for Jack Grealish, but if we've learned anything from City's left-hand man, it's that he is not going to waste his shot. It's Wednesday the 7th of February. I'm Amos Murphy. And I'm Ollie McCool. And this is the City Report Podcast. Welcome back to the City Report Podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. I am your host today, Amos Murphy. Joining me is Ollie McCool. Um, Ollie, did you get the reference from the introduction? Um, I mean, if you can't get it, then I guess literally none of the listeners will be able to. Well, as, as soon as you said the first one, I picked it up immediately. I mean, it's very good to be here in the room where it happens with you, Amos. Um yeah, so let's let's see how this let's see how this one goes. Let's see how many of you uh, listeners pick up on that one. Yeah, yeah. Tried something, experimented. Hopefully, it works out. Listeners, let us know at City Report Pod on social media whether or not that reference was something that you were able to latch onto. Um, <laughs> right, okay, then let's get into the football because if you haven't already, listeners, go back on your podcast feed. You will find uh, an in-depth review of the Brentford game. We broke it down tactically i was with joe ricci and alex michelle for that one um really enjoyable episode so you can go back and obviously plenty of phil foden props but i do want to i do want to start off today's show speaking a little bit about the brentford game because ollie obviously you weren't on that reaction show so i'll just grab your thoughts quickly i guess you just have to put it down into the category of a big win at a time when city can only afford to deal in three points basically 
yeah, difficult ground to go to, horrible team to play against. And that's no criticism of Brentford. They play the way they do and it works brilliantly. Um, and it's worked brilliantly against Manchester City multiple times. They're a very, very good team. Uh, and, you know, when that first goal went in, you're just thinking, oh, this is going to be another one of those games against Brentford. But then, you know, Phil Foden turns up and does what Phil Foden does. Um, you know, he's just an absolute little genius. And watch, watching him in the kind of form that he's been in this season, you're just thinking... What we're watching something incredibly special here. Um, the performance did feel disjointed, and that's no surprise with the lineup picked. You know, not really. You know, when Josko Gvardiol's your left winger, it can feel a bit off at times. And you know, even though City were creating plenty of chances, Mark Fleck and the Brentford goalkeeper was having a career game in the first half. Um, and that's and sometimes that's just what you're going to put up with. But you know, Phil Foden with you know a brilliant hat trick. A very, a very much an ick of a celebration for me. All you know, the 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 knee slide into the gunshot, the jump, the jumping it. Ah, oh, it's just not for me as well. I mean, I know people who think a hat trick generally is a bit of an ick. So you know, for some people, it was the absolute worst. But oh, I just no that celebration. It's just not for me. I'm afraid. You know what? What was his excuse? Oh, it's because I practice shooting in the five side in training. Come on, Phil, think of something better than that, mate. Think of something a bit better than that. <laughs> did, did you not like the celebration? <laughs> that's that's interesting because I've seen plenty of people say, you know, that they, they were fans of it. It was funny, actually, Alex Michelle on, on yesterday's show. And he did, um, don't get me wrong, he did sort of preface it by saying he wasn't sure whether or not this was true, but um, basically said that he had seen somebody say that Phil Foden was doing it because um, of, a, of a, uh, something he'd agreed with a, a fan um, say next time you score you've got to do this celebration but in actual fact it was just some goofy um, response to getting stick in training for shooting to you watching five side games I think was the reason he gave so yeah um, interesting one that but look if he, if he's scoring hat tricks I, I don't care how he celebrates Phil you come out wearing a, a Barney the Dinosaur suit if it, if it means you're going to be performing as good as you are um, it, it's interesting though because obviously like most things opinion is divided and I think if you looked hard enough you could have probably found somebody um, who was dissatisfied to, uh, to to sort of coin that phrase again with City's win against Real Madrid in the Champions League last season yeah, such is the misery that some people live their lives by uh, maybe a few people on this show itself um, naming no names but I think this is a performance that is certainly divided opinion because I've seen some people go as far as saying it was City's best of the campaign. I've seen City, uh, some people saying City had plenty of um, frailties and, and flaws to the performance. So um, it, it's been an interesting one. But I, I think given that time to step back and think about it, then I, I've certainly come to sort of the recognition that it was a really good performance really strong I thought that at full time um and, and you know with 24 hours or so having having sat on it I think it again um one thing that has certainly changed in, in my mind anyway was the the goal City conceded because I think at first you look at it and you go that's amateur stuff you know it's, it's terrible but having seen it back a little bit I'm, I'm prepared to give Brentford the, the flowers a little bit. I think it's a, a well-worked move, obviously. Route 1, um, a little bit stinky. It's not the, the most wonderful goal you'll ever see. But Ivan Tony does a, a really good job, almost like a 
NFL style player. Um, I'm going to mess up my analogy here again, but he, he, he shielded in the, the defender. That ball goes straight through to Neil Mopai. And granted, he is a bit of a dick, but he was able to finish quite well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what a week he's having, you know, fighting, basically scrapping with James Madison and getting, then scoring first against Manchester City at home. It's not a bad way to, you know, kick off February for him. But you know that's just how Brentford play. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and criticize the way they play because I think I think it's actually very smart football. You know they've always been sort of pioneers for teams from the from the lower leagues coming up and playing playing good football, playing positively and not being scared of who their opponents are. You know how many teams have we seen come to the Etihad newly promoted or in their first couple of years after a promotion and just put eleven men behind the ball for ninety minutes? You know we've seen Sheffield United do that to us plenty of times. We'll We'll probably see Luton do that when they come to the Etihad. You know, we've seen so many teams do this. It's actually quite refreshing to see a team go, actually, we're not scared of you. We're going to try and play. We're going to try and play aggressively against you. And we're not and we're not going to give it up. You know, I can say this because City won in the end. If, you know, if that had gone down as a 1-0 loss, I'd be, sat, I'd be standing here absolutely furious. And I'd be going, you can't be, you, you, you can't be letting that happen to you. And at the time, last night, on, on Sunday, on Monday night, I was saying to myself, no, this is terrible defending. You've got to step up. But then, you know, when you turn it around, you can actually go back and look at it with a more level head and go, actually, it's just very smart football. For the positions they were picking up, for the way they play, and for the space that City had left them in behind, why wouldn't you just kick it long and, you know, let someone like Ivan Tony do his thing? Um, for me, if he's not in the conversation for the number two job at England for in this this summer, we're, we're going down a wrong path there because he's perfect to bring on 80th minute when you need a goal or when you need to just, even if just showing up, oh, 100%. He's a brilliant, brilliant footballer. And regardless of why his ban was, it's actually just great to see him back playing in the Premier League because he's just a joy. He's a joy to watch, uh, even even if it is against your own team at times. Yeah, I, I certainly, I certainly agree with the the Ivan Tony stuff. And and don't get me wrong, I thought after he came back from his ban, um, maybe it was a little bit glorified. Some of the media reaction, I don't know if that's fair of me to say because I, I do think football as an industry media players etc etc whatever you you know you you want to point the finger at can do a lot more in terms of addiction both 100%. gambling and and all sorts of other sort of rabbit holes we can go down i guess at another point but yeah it's i, I personally I, I do like him a lot i think he's a great player and it's good to see him back um but yeah i i guess we'll leave the brentford game there another solid win we we obviously play against brentford in a couple of weeks again so we'll be speaking more about them when they come to the etihad stadium but in the final part of part one, I, w- I want to touch on um, some news that that broke uh, just before the game itself. Actually, I think it was about an hour, an hour and a half before. Uh, a bit random, actually. But uh, Fabrizio Romano Bombazo, as the kids like to say, um, revealing that City have, in fact, agreed a deal with Savio. Um, and I'm reluctant to say necessarily which club City have agreed a deal with because it's all a little bit confusing. He's obviously on loan um, at Girona right now. Girona are doing wonderful stuff, by the way. They're, they're in a title tussle with Real Madrid at the top of La Liga, which is a little bit weird. But he's actually contracted to, um, and, and forgive my French here, Twa, um, I think is is the club is 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 the way you describe it. I mean, Ollie, you're um you're you're the the French Duolingo resident, so maybe you'll uh, you'll, you'll correct me on that. But yeah, um, interesting one. What what what's your uh, thoughts on that? I, I I believe it is I believe it is pronounced Twa. Yeah, um, it's it's an interesting one, isn't it? One isn't it? Um, because we 
I mean, I mean the, the point the point is why it's interesting is you know all three of these clubs, City, Trois, and Girona, are all owned by the City Football Group, um, and we haven't seen you know this sort of deal happen where a player has come into one of the sister clubs and then come up to the main club. Really, I mean, we've seen loans out from City to these clubs um, immediately, almost, and Savio, I think, was one of them initially, or. At some point, you know, but there's been there's plenty of examples of this. But you know, when he's been in the form he's been in for Girona at 19 years old, for for a team outperforming their state their status, you know, what is it the lowest spe- the lowest uh, value of squad in in the Liga or something like that? A rid- ridiculous squad building, uh, ridiculous work by the manager who's been praised non-stop and rightfully so you know when you can when you take a team who you know really just I think they got promoted last season came came back up finished ninth and were flirting with Champions League spots at points last last season as well um they've been incredibly impressive I really hope they go and win it you know however unlikely it is I really hope they go and do something special because it will just cement them as a great team and you know, it makes sense for City to be doing this. This is why we have this model. Whatever you think of the sister club model, the CFG model, people are copying it all over. You know, clubs are copying it all over the world. Ownership groups absolutely love it because it makes them money. But this could this be the first time we see a CFG signing, you know, work out and come into the Manchester City team? You know, there's been reports that he's going to go back on loan to Girona if, if they're in the Champions League, which at the moment it probably looks like they will be. Um, you know, and maybe he maybe he never plays for Manchester City, but in which case, if he keeps his form up wherever he is, he's going to be, you know, making City a hell of a lot of money because, you know, wing, wingers like him these days are getting rarer and rarer and rarer. And then if he can, you know, Stapp had a couple of pre-seasons with Pep Guardiola, that's got to be worth an extra couple of mil at least. Um, the, yeah, it's one of those deals that excites me because if, if he comes here and, it work, and he gets to play and he works out, you know, City have got a gem on their hands. If City end up selling him for 50, 60 million, they're making a bit of money and we're proving that this model works, um, which I think is, is only a good thing for that side of the football club. For us normal fans, I don't think it matters too much. But, you know, we're saying to young players coming from South America, coming from all over the world, that you can come in and trust us and you will get an opportunity to, you know, play for some of the best clubs in Europe. You know, Girona generally aren't going to be considered one of the best clubs in Europe, but they're in some of the best form for a team in Europe this season. They're top of La Liga. If we can have more clubs in the CFG competing at, the, you know, competing at the top level in the top divisions, that's a great thing for, you know, City going forward. Um I, I just can't help but be excited by this and intrigued as well because you know I think you hear that you hear the, word, the words nineteen-year-old Brazilian winger, and that just elicits an image in your head. It just you 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 see without having to watch that player, you can almost get a sense of what he's like. And those are the sort of players that get fans off seats and you know cheering in the stands. So it's it's, a, it's I think it could only be a good thing, and I really hope it works out for if he comes to City, it works out for him because of what I've seen of him, he looks an absolute gem. He looks brilliant to watch and you know if if it convinces Guardiola to stay a couple of years and develop him into a monster I'm not I'm not saying no to that I I think if you had put into artificial intelligence chat GPT whatever whatever you want to use design me the archetypal Brazilian winger 
they'll probably chuck out Savio. Um, and, and I think it's, um, you know, he is that sort of style and he is, he's got that flair that you'd associate with wingers of, of generations gone by, perhaps. It's not necessarily a, a style and a profile of player that you see necessarily um, as much as, as you do at the moment. And I think that's kind of the reason why City have, have moved to snap him, snap him up. Obviously, we don't know if he's going to go back out on loan, whether or not he's going to be in the first team next season. That's to be figured out. But one thing we do know about Guardiola is the fact that he very rarely buys players to fit a system. He, he, and, and don't get me wrong, there are some examples of that being the case. But I think this summer's uh, transfer window has been a uh, sort of a, a example of the fact that when players are on the market, Guardiola will attempt to sign them. I think Declan Rice and, and Lucas Pacato were, were examples of that, where you know they're not coming in to slot into a specific role that already exists. You mould, and oh, sorry, Guardiola moulds um, his system around these players. And I think with Savio, obviously, there are very few wingers like him. There are very few wingers with the sort of the playing style. And, and in fact, for, for listeners who aren't necessarily um, well-versed on him, I would I would point you towards a, a thread on Twitter that Citizen America did, um, sort of a deep dive into his playing style and you know what, what we might be able to expect should he come into the first team. But he certainly, an interesting player and, and one that I'm sure City fans, players, manager alike will be excited to see on the pitch. I, I've got my fingers crossed that it isn't one of these where we sign him and then he's loaned out again. Um, I think, you know, a, a few things have been said about the, the multi-club model and it does look a little bit fishy, doesn't it? Uh, given the fact that City are going to be dealing between clubs, I think it, it came out today that they're going to be um, there's going to be another investigation into sort of that transfer to make sure City are, are buying him for market value, essentially, and they're not you know, for one of another term, money laundering. But we'll wait and see. Um, that'll do for part one, though. Listeners, stay exactly where you are. In part two, we'll have a, a sort of a, a conversation about what impacts um, this signing and and maybe in terms of the players that are already in the squad could have heading into next season. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May seventeenth. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The Etihad Stadium really is wonderful at this time of the season. And the same goes for McDelivery. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the City Report Podcast, your home for daily Manchester City content. Um, right, okay, uh, part two of the show. We're going to speak about, like I said, the impact of Savio's arrival and what that might mean going forward. Um, listeners, uh, excuse us, because I think for the first time maybe in the two years that have passed since we started this show, we're, we're going we're gonna to delve maybe into some 
unsubstantiated rumours a little bit. I mean, anyone who's been on Twitter. In the last 24, 48 hours, specifically in the build-up to the Brentford fixture, would have um, seen... I guess murmurings is the best way to describe it of Jack Grealish's current uh, levels of content at Manchester City with some dubbing him as being unhappy given the fact he hasn't played in recent weeks. I think there was one source from inside the club, um, again, pinch of salt, how true this is, we don't know. Um, no quote-unquote official journalists have stuck their name to it. So, um, we, you know, like I said, we are we are delving, dipping our toe into the, the rumour mill a little bit, but at the same time, it's possibly easy to see why this could be the case because Jack Grealish, obviously um, instrumental in City's treble win last year, one of the, not necessarily the first name on the team sheet, but certainly that in that inner circle of big game players for City when it mattered. He started all of them, cup finals, um, semi-finals, you know, name it, he was playing. However, he hasn't played for the last four Premier League matches. He's been on the bench. Obviously, part of that has been down to an illness. He's he's sort of had a stop-start season. But it is easy to see, isn't it, Ollie? why rumours about Jack Grealish being unhappy may have surfaced. Grealish, if this is true, Grealish has two paths he can go down. He can go down the Cancelo path and just blow up the football club and be an absolute, just uh, just an annoyance and horrible and eventually probably be sold for chicken. Just get him and Pep will want him out of the club, never play him again, never want to see him again. Um, or he can take the route that, you know, I'm at Laporte has, John Stones has, Carl Walker has, Riyad Mahrez has. Are you getting the point here? You know, legends of this, icons of this football club. There's been a lot of players who have been unhappy with their game time at Manchester City under Pep Guardiola. There's been a lot of very good players who've been unhappy with their game time at Manchester City under Pep Guardiola. And there's been a lot of them players who stuck it out and fought their way back into the squad and fought their way back into Pep's thinking. I am by no means suggesting Jack Grealish will go down that Cancelo path. I don't think he's that sort of person. I don't think he's that sort of personality. And for one, I think he would I think he knows he's got it very, very good here. He's and regardless of recent times, he is still going to be incredibly trusted by Pep Guardiola at some point this season. So he's just got. I think he's just going to suck it up a little bit if this is true. I, I don't know how much I want to believe it. I obviously, you know, any player would be unhappy with being what benched four times, five times in a row. Now, um, it's not a great situation. It's not a great look. But at the same time, Jack Grealish just needs to look at you know the the faith that. Pep repaid in him so many times after all the sick he was getting in the media, after all the things Jack kept saying about how, you know, I don't feel I'm playing well enough. I think I'm playing shit at the moment. You know, and Pep said, no, and we're going to keep playing you. We'll keep playing you because you're, you're playing, you're doing what we want you to do. You know, Jack Grish, I think he matched after how good he actually is and what his role is in this C team. Um, because I, I feel sometimes with his interviews, he gets away from that and he thinks, oh, I need to be this 20 goal a season player because he's never been that and he's never he's never going to be that for us at least. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I, we, I, for me, it's just we've seen this before with other players. I don't think it's a surprise um, if it is to be the case. But at the end of the at the end of the day, the onus is on him. You know, Pep Guardiola's not going to put him back in the starting eleven repeatedly for you know moping around the training ground. He's got he's got to show he's got to show a bit of fight in him and you know fight his way back into it. And um, we've seen this happen many times. And this is what happens in a competitive squad like Manchester. City. You know, for the tr- the treble season, we're Riyad Mahrez, one of the best you know play plays 
in mod, in recent Premier League history, one of the best in his position in recent Premier League history, sit on the bench for most of it. You know, his crowning achievement of the treble was a hat-trick in the semi-final against a championship Sheffield United. Um, you know, for, for you know, his big that was his bi- biggest moment in the running, really. Um, and that's no offence to him. I love Riyad Mahrez. I think he was a great player for us. And I think Jack Grealish can look at him as a model and go, look, I should want to be like that guy. I should want to be like that guy who's, you know, I think... Something, something like 60, 70 goals for this club in the end, you know, was a ridiculously consistent player. Jack Grealish has been that ridiculously consistent player. You know, for me, he was one of the reasons we won the treble. He was a key cog in that machine. Um, I don't think we're past that yet. But, you know, there's strong competition. You know, uh, Jeremy Doku is in, is comes in and out of Pep's thinking all the time. Oscar Bob is now someone to contend with. Bernardo Silva is obviously someone to contend with in those sort of pockets. Uh, Pete, Phil Foden even. Phil Foden is, you know, the star player of this season um, for me. Um, and, you know, I, I just think we just want to see Grealish, Haaland and Grealish, Haaland and Foden play together a lot because I think that's going to be our best front three. Um, so I really, I really hope Jack can sort of can get, can wrap his head around it, get his head down and get back into this squad because on his day, he's one of the best in the Premier League. And, you know, there's been many times when it's not been his day and he's still been good enough. Um and the thing is, I don't know where he'd go. Either. If he if he did force a transfer, where's he going to go? You know, even if City want to bring in another player like Savio, for example, as we were saying, you know, is Savio coming in to replace Jack Grinch? I don't really think that's going to be the case. But, you know, if this, if this ends up being a test case where Pep's like, no, I want to keep this kid in my squad, that's another person for Jack to have to contend for his position with. Um, they're both wingers, both le- primarily left-sided wingers, so... There's a lot of questions for Jack Grealish, but I think there's a very, very simple answer. There's a very, very simple answer for it, him. It's bizarre, isn't it? Because I think if you'd gone back to Istanbul at the final whistle on June 10th and, and even throughout the summer and even in pre-season, um, when obviously um, you know we were discussing the upcoming campaign, it'd, been, it'd almost been impossible to have pictured this situation where... Jack Grealish is what are we on um, the seventh of February? Where Jack Grealish, you know, was speaking about him as a player who isn't happy because it looked like he'd overcome that hurdle that so many were waiting for him to do as the the hundred million pound man. He'd established himself and he'd earned the trust of Guardiola and he'd repaid the trust. More importantly, because I think you know twenty twenty one twenty two season that trust was there. He played, but necessarily didn't have the didn't necessarily have the returns. However. Last year, oh sorry, last season, he did. Um, he, he did have those returns, and and yet now, it, it, I'm not going to say it feels like we've gone backwards because it's far too early to make any real claims about it. But at the same time, it does feel like there's um there's been a bit of a a block in the road, so to speak, for Grealish because it was like I said, he was one of those first names on the team sheet in 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 the treble win for City, and he'd worked so hard in the second half of the 22-23 campaign um, to establish himself. I, I think, personally speaking, the the telling part will be in the next sort of two, three, four, five, six weeks almost going up, up until into March because City have got some massive games coming up, and and we know Guardiola isn't the sort of person to tinker too much when there is so much on the line um and, and i think what are we on now everton copenhagen away chelsea um brentford at home and then bournemouth and luton i think i've recited the fixture list off by heart but those games there obviously you look at them and you say city should win them comfortably but for jack grealish's sake you feel like he has to be in the team 
going into sort of the, the last week of February. And he has had to have sort of contributed with some good performances. As always with Grealish, that doesn't necessarily mean goals and assists. We've been through that before. I guess, you know, if we are going to say that these rumours are true, the interesting part is the fact he's on 300 grand a week. And should we get to the summer? He's not played in this run-in. He's still out the side. He isn't happy. How does City shift that? Because with what three and a half years left on his contract I think it is at this point it'll be free in the summer it's almost impossible to even imagine a situation where City City are able to yeah this is yeah I just don't I just don't see him ever being that sort of person but I also think there's another there's another point to say. I don't think Guardiola's found his best 11 yet I you know we we usually get to around February and Guardiola starts to settle on his 11 for you know the last three four months of the campaign I don't quite think we're there yet um, with this team, uh, the, the question though is how how does he get into that? Because what I thought was mm. interesting from the Brentford game in particular is the fact that Jeremy Doku was the player who came on um, to replace Bernardo Silva. But although mm. Doku technically came on at three one um, with the scoreline at three one. Doku was ready to come on at 2-1. And given the the game state, given the way things were going, obviously City had, had got into the lead. But, you know, they were looking a bit shaky. Brentford were having a chance or two. I was thinking the last thing I need now is Jeremy Doku coming on the pitch. And, and again, that isn't a slight against Doku. He's just better suited to certain types of fixtures. And I thought that wasn't one of them. As it goes, obviously, City score a third and it's fine. Doku comes on. All, all is good. But you'd have looked at that as a carbon sort of, sorry, uh, sort of the, the, the perfect time for Grealish to come on, see out the game, control it and, and and get City across the line. But it wasn't. It was Doku who came on. And um, I don't know, it, it, it just does feel like he's maybe dropped down the pecking order a little bit and maybe that's no fault of his own. Injuries, illness, etc. We've mentioned them, they happen. But it's, it's you know, it's, it's a big job for him to get back into that team. Yeah, I mean, these are the sort of messages that Pep likes to send to players. He, he's, I don't, I don't want to use this word, but I can't think of another. He, he sometimes does like to do the kind of willful sabotage, or you know, maybe may, maybe he's got his tactical reasons behind it. But to us, us fans who will never have a chance of understanding his brain, it can look a bit sabotage at times with some of the teams he selects when he's trying to make a point to a player. Um, you know, there's been times when he's when he's just dropped players randomly. Uh, you know, John Stones has been a victim of that. Eric Laporte has been a huge part of that. Riyad Mahrez, when he's been in great form, has been dropped. You know, uh, we've seen this before. So maybe that's it. He's trying to send a message to him saying, look, you've got to pick it. If you want to get back in this team, you've got, you've got, to, you've got to start showing a bit more. Um, so I just, the thing is, I'm, on this podcast, pretty much since my first appearance, I've spent it defending Jack Grealish. You know, we we both we both we both have. You know, this 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 podcast is very much the Jack Grealish fan club and has been when it was very very unpopular to be in the Jack Grealish fan club. Um, so it just feels it just feels really weird to be to be talking about Jack Grealish in this sort of light because I just don't I've never had that impression from him that he's, he's that he'd be that sort of player. You know, he's always he's all, in his interviews. He's always come across as you know he's still kind of a bit bewildered that he's managed to make it at Manchester City, and maybe he is, maybe he is, and that's and that's fair enough at the levels this club sets. Yeah, it's it's a pressure filled environment. It's a it's a pressure filled environment, isn't it? Playing for 100%. Manchester City and. Grealish has never had this in his career. His his career has almost been 
a, a constant upwards trajectory at this point anyway. You know, he, he was um, star boy at Villa, came through the academy. He was the captain when the earned promotion, mm-hmm. I think it was 2019 championship playoff final um, against Frank Lampard's Derby, uh, trademark. Um, so, yeah, it, it, he's never really had to deal with this. He obviously got his move to City, obviously difficult first season at the club, but managed to to right those wrongs in the in the second half, uh, sorry, in the second season. And, and it, it is, I, I've just noticed actually on transfer market that his estimated value, and again, this is sort of nothing this doesn't necessarily mean to say that he's 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 washed, he's flopped, you know, whatever term you want to use to describe him. It's just sort of an algorithm how he's how his uh, value is represented um, based on a guess, basically. But it is as close to it uh, as it was at Aston Villa right now um, than it ever has before since he since he made the move from Villa. Uh, I think it was sixty five million euros when he when he left Villa. Um, and it's now 70 million euros. So, you know, I don't know what you can read into that, but it, it certainly does suggest that there's been a little bit of a slump and he's never had that really in his career. It has always been up, up, up. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it, the, the biggest criticism that I can have, and, and, and again, to go back to it, we've, we've been long-standing defendants of Jack Grealish, but he is a confidence player. And, and the bizarre thing about this current run of form or, or lack of uh, game time is the fact that it came in probably his best spell of, of the season. There was a goal against Tottenham Hotspur where, for my money, he was robbed out of a winning goal in that game um, from City conceding the late goal. He obviously got the winner against Luton at Kenilworth Road. He then scored again against Crystal Palace. So, you know, he was, he was in fine form. He was looking great. Um, illness, I think it was, knocked him out of the team for a week or two. And, and since then, he hasn't really been able to get back in, which is, you know, for his sake, a, a massive, a massive shame. Um, the issue is, though, the fact that he is a confidence player. And if he's not in the team, he isn't necessarily someone who can come off the bench and make an, a, an impact when he haven't played for two, three, four matches like, I don't know, to go back to it, Riyad Mahrez was. Yeah. Um, and, and, I think these just this is something he's just got to get used to. He's never had this sort of challenge, as we said, in his career. You know, he was the star man at Villa and he came into City, big transfer fee. Even when, you know, some of his performances weren't the best in, in his first season, he pretty much stayed in the starting eleven, you know, seven out of seven seven out of ten, you'd say. It was just the very end of the season, you know, Pep in the bigger matches decided to, you know, change change his team up a little bit. But, you know, I've got full faith in him to get back to his heights 100%. He, he's just got to commit to it. And I can see a situation where, you know, say it's, I'm just trying to think of a big game. You know, we've got Chelsea in a couple of weeks at home. You know, that that's the sort of game. Yeah, he, big, big, big game. So, you know, it, it's one of those where I think if he gets a start in a game like that, or he get or he starts going to run. Say he starts this week and then he then he stays in the team for a couple of weeks. You know, plays that Chelsea game, plays in the champ, plays in the Champions League. Then we get to the games against Liverpool and Brighton and United in, you know, end of end of Feb into March. You know, his confidence is going to be back up there again. So maybe maybe this is all just some sort of elaborate plan from Pep Guardiola to keep the squad fresh and keep it rotated. Maybe there is something a bit more bit more not sinister, but you know, not quite as nice behind it. But um, I could totally see a situation where Pep brings him in, brings him in from the cold randomly, and then he stays in the team till the end of the season, because he's that he's that sort of player. You know, you get you give him you give him that moment, 
and I can see him taking taking him running with it because he'll get that bit between his teeth and not want to give give his position up because he knows how talented the players are behind him. He knows that Pep has a, has a huge liking for Oscar Bob. You know, Oscar Bob has I think has had more attention this season than any of us expected back in July and August. Even you know going on preseason, you know we thought it would be preseason and a couple of five minutes at the end of cup games, and he's ended up being becoming quite a key player. Um, albeit with still limited minutes. Jeremy Dock, who's played in bigger games more than I think anyone ever expected. Phil Foden having, you know, an absolute career season. Um, there's challenges for Jack, you know, even if he can kind of overcome that mental hump, there's a lot of challenges where he's got to stay at the top of his game when he gets back in the squad. I think he can do it, but it'll be interesting to see if he does or not. Yeah, I, I guess uh, one of his England teammates, Calvin Phillips, will be able to um, testify here, but not necessarily that Phillips was ever in the team, but he, he knows more than anyone in that second half of the season um, when trophies are on the line, just how hard it is to get into the team. And obviously Grealish will have a lot more trust in Calvin Phillips, but at the same time, if City do get on this this winning run, which we seem to already be in the, in the midst of right now, but that role continues and that form continues, it's going to be that 11. And it might just be that the game against Brentford was enough for Guardiola to say, yeah, I trust these players, I want to go with them. And if that's the case, it's bad news for Grealish because his minutes are going to be limited. Then we get to summer and perhaps questions start being asked about his his sort of uh, importance in the team. I don't know. Um, well, I think we have to give it a month or so. If we're sat here on the 7th of March and Grealish hasn't got a star, he's only played an FA Cup game, then that's probably going to cause a problem um, because then it is going to be United, it's going to be Brighton, it's going to be Liverpool, it's going to be Arsenal eventually going into, into late March as well. So it'll be difficult for him to get back in the team if he hasn't done it in this run in February, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Um, Ollie, a massive thank you. It's been a pleasure as always. Thank you for jumping on. No problem at all. I would say I'm very satisfied after that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, listeners, there'll be, as always, another show tomorrow. Just you wait. Just you wait. Um, I can't promise any more uh, Easter eggs in, in, in the introduction because bloody hell, it's taken a lot to plan for that one. Um, probably more than the entire show itself. But yeah, um, it's been plenty of fun. If you are new around here, please leave a rating and a review. But until next time, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end of season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running. And just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply, see mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport, powered by fans.